Welcome to season two of Black on Shelf, a podcast championing black and brown entrepreneurs with products on the digital and physical shelves. We engage entrepreneurs and supporters through inspired storytelling, relevant resource sharing, and community engagement. Okay, Black on Shelf community, that's you. You are the mighty boss fam. You're bigger and literally stronger, and I'm definitely excited to grow together. I'm your host, Tanaj Ferguson. This is Black on Shelf. All right, let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Black on Shelf podcast. Today, we are here with Brittany Golden. I'm so happy to be talking to Brittany we got to share all the information we have gleaned pre-podcast, but I have a Zeta sister here. I'm an AK. We got the Greek life going on in the BLDG, the building, <laughs> audio building, you know. But Brittany is the founder, an amazing creative designer of IGL Nails. IGL Nails, listen to this trademark, never have ugly nails. Period. Okay, period. And she's going to get into why that's her brand statement. We got to find out her story. But IGL Nails is a source of premium press-on nails. Yes, I said premium. For those who don't know, press-on nails have come a long, long way. And IGL Nails is a part of that creative expression and explosion of this premium press-on nails market, right? Black-owned, as you can see, our lovely sis here, Brittany. 30-plus reusable nail styles with a ton of variation from colors to lengths to shapes and various designs. Something's there for you. These are not your grandmother's nails. They are not boring. They're not the nails you used when you were five years old. These are grown nails, okay? Where creativity is 100% there. Welcome to the podcast, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored and excited to get into it and talk about the nails and everything else. Yeah. So you're (laughs) in California, are you? I am. I am. My girl. I'm from L.A., from LA, uh, raised over by Inglewood, and now I'm in Long Beach with my husband and my two dogs. But yeah, LA, born and raised. Okay, <laughs> so talk to us about your background. We are so curious about who is this awesome woman that's taking the premium press on nails by storm. So I'm, like I said, born in LA. I went to school here. I went to college here. That's where I joined my sorority at Cal State Dominguez Hills, mm-hmm. and I actually got my degree in graphic design and digital marketing. And like two days before graduating, I got a job at Red Bull. And so I started doing um, training decks, like designing their training decks there. That was a one-year contract Mm -hmm. where I was getting paid $15 an hour. Didn't realize that that was really low, but you know, first job out of college, you don't care. Like give me the job. So um, after that contract ended, I actually ended up getting hired at a Fortune 10 uh, telecommunications company. and they hired me on, to, I started as a contractor and then they liked the work that I did. So I got hired on full time okay. and I was doing internal communications there. And so a lot of graphic design, newsletters, um, and I was actually promoted to the chief of staff team for the president of this company. Wow. So after doing that, I started having to do video and learning how to do video and things like that. And I was like, oh, I actually like this. Like, you know, I, I I'm not shy to be in front of the camera, but I like being behind the camera too. Like, this is nice. And just through learning about how important it is and where we were going, like video at that time, video wasn't very big, but it was becoming the future. I was like, I need to tap in on this. And so I started a YouTube channel and honed my skills there with just learning about equipment and lenses and how to present on camera and you know, bouncing light, all of these things. And I think all of that, and just like being myself on camera Mm -hmm. helped me to grow to 10,000 subscribers in a year. And my most popular video has over a million views. And it's me talking about my double chin. It's one of my biggest insecurities. And I'm just, there's this girl and she's like doing her makeup. She's like, how to, how to hide your double chin. And um, she was as skinny as all heck. And so I was like, well, let me try this out and see if it works. And I did it. And the video blew up and that wow. helped me to grow my channel. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I was doing that and working at the same time. And of course, 
I feel like a lot of people experience like the pressure of trying to grow on YouTube and then also having this full-time job. It was a lot. And so I started experiencing and I had never experienced to me like mental issues before I had had like my like first an, like anxiety. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'd never experienced that before. I was pretty used to working at a, a level where you don't kind of get to sit back and breathe. Mm-hmm. It's just like next step, next step, next step, you know? Yeah. So my body was like, hey, <laughs> we got to sit you down. So I actually had like an anxiety attack, a mm-hmm. uh, panic attack for the first time in October, 2018. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I always bring that up because that's where things changed for me drastically. Having to actually focus on my mental health and figure out how to manage these things Um, And then like two months later, my brother-in-law was killed. I had to tell my nephews, my sister, they have five kids and she couldn't do it. So I had to tell them. And then two months after that, my father passed away. And so just the mental was just stacking. You know what I mean? And a lot of, a lot of life happening. So much chain. So much. And I had never gone through this before, like ever. So of course, you know, I'm dealing with the things that come with that. And my dad was my world, you know, like daddy's girl all the way. So Mm -hmm. that was a very big blow to me. All of these things happening to me within the span of, you know, four or five months changed my entire outlook on life. So I went from this girl who was corporate, who felt like, you know, I wanted to do YouTube. I wanted to do corporate to... I can't do this anymore. And so I ended up leaving my corporate job. I stopped doing YouTube and I really just focused on my mental health, getting close to God. I got saved that year. And yeah, it was necessary. It was so necessary because I don't know where I would be had I not gone through that journey in 2019 of Mm -hmm. meditating on the word every day. I mean, every night It, Mm -hmm. it was like not tradition, but I I just did it religiously. Yeah. And after getting past this moment, I started a company called Makeup and Sip. I said, I wasn't going back to corporate, but I had to do something. So (laughs) take your passions of what you were doing on YouTube and your knowledge from corporate and take it to something else that you love. And so I started a business called Makeup and Sip, which was like paint and sip, but with makeup. Mm -hmm. And I did that. I had three sold out events all the way up until February, 2020. And we know what happened next COVID. Yeah. yeah. So COVID totally shut all that down. And I was kind of just stuck in this space. I feel like a lot of people were stuck at this moment. Like, what the heck am I going to do? Especially entrepreneurs. Like, what am I going to do now? So instead of harping on what I'm going to do now, I just started doing things that made me feel good. And that's how I came to nails and I couldn't go to the nail shop anymore. Um, so I just started trying to like teach myself how to do acrylic and do dip powder on my sisters. And I thought that I was doing okay, but it's like looking back, I'm like, wow, girl, like I just was not good at it. <laughs> I, the application process of it all, not yeah. good. But what I did love that takes me back to my background was the designing. I love the color theories and putting things together. I love that part. And so I found this this Facebook group where everyone was talking about press on nails and because the nail shops were shut down, it was like a big thing like, Oh, press on nails. And so I was like, okay, well, let me just go see if I could find some in the store and, you know, start there. And I hated what I saw. Like, not that the styles were ugly. They were just extremely traditional. Yeah. And yeah. I, as you can see, Meanwhile, I don't want to wear nudes. Ta-da. Yeah. Okay. I want to get your face. You know, yeah. I'm already sitting at home. Like, why can't I wear something that appeases me and no one else. And so I started custom designing press on nails, like clear tips and my friends loved it. And they started asking me like, make them a pair and we'll pay you this and that. And it kind of turned into a business out of nowhere. Like I was doing it for myself. I was doing it for my own mental health, for my own sanity and posting it on Instagram. And they started asking me. So I started making them I realized that this was actually something that I could turn into a legit business. And my business mind said, well, how are you going to scale this? Like, you're not going to sit here in your living room and design these clear tips two hours for a set. I have to charge $50 for it to make sense. I'm like, these other big brands, they're not doing that. Like, what are they doing? And so that's when I started researching what that looks like. And what that looked like for me was manufactured nails. Yeah. And so that allowed me to offer more styles at a cheaper price 
Um, you know, we're under $20. We've got 30 plus styles, like you mentioned. And it just really, once I made that change in January, 2021 to go from custom to manufactured, it took me about four months to do that research. Mm-hmm. Um, IGO nails kind of like soared. Um, so that's, that's my background. I know it's a little long-winded, but. Oh no, we are, <laughs> this is what we're here for. We're here for this. You said so many things that I think so many of us can relate to and are interested in. So even just thinking about, I immediately thought about how, you know, kind of the pivotal point for you, which was this year of pain that really forced you to do something differently. Yeah. You enjoyed the success of corporate, but it really wasn't great for your mental health. And that was an advice. A lot of people are, were feeling that in 2020 where it reached a swell, but I believe like you, many others probably felt it before they just had to keep going. Mm-hmm. And you just realized earlier on that, Hey, I can't keep doing this. I really have to change direction and, and take care of myself. You also had the added pressure of so much more life, you know, having this loss from family members and such. So during that time, you talked about really using meditation and prayer and finding God. Talk to us about how that um, was an important piece of your journey. We know it was a transformative piece, but tell us why you turned to that. Um, what happened that made you think, hey, this is a solution for me? Um, when I first had that anxiety attack, and I'm going to get real, okay? <laughs> I had this anxiety attack, and I'm, I'm Christian. I've always had, you know, I've always been a a believer in God. Like I've gone to church. I wasn't going all the time, but you know, I believe in God. I prayed. Mm -hmm. Um, but when this was happening, I just felt so lost. I was like, what's going on with my mental? Like I'm having these thoughts that I literally cannot control. I'm telling myself all the good things (laughs) I'm doing what the people say. Oh, positive affirmations. Tell yourself, tell yourself. And it's like, these things were not working. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much had to surrender. Like this is above you. (laughs) How you're feeling is way above you. The things you're dealing with, you cannot control. I had, I don't have any more. I had a very controlling personality. Like I can control the things that happen to me and I couldn't do it anymore. And so I went to what, you know, I went to what I thought would work. And that was just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to like seriously sit with this prayer and when I was doing that, I felt like a relief. I was like, oh my God, like, I don't feel, I don't have these thoughts that I was having. I really feel this sense of relief. And so, because I felt that it made me want to do it more. Right. And then I hadn't, I wasn't saved yet, you know? And then when my dad passed away, I was already kind of like getting into the meditation thing. So I was doing it more with him. My dad was heavy, heavy Christian. So it was something that like helped us bond. Uh, while he was in the hospital, he was in the hospital for four weeks before he actually passed. And that helped us get closer. And so when he passed, it was a way for me to stay connected with my dad. Mm. And, um, sorry. God, Jesus, Lord. (laughs) Um, that's so yeah, it was a way for us to, to stay connected. And so I got saved and, um, when he passed, I started dealing with depression. Mm-hmm. And that was, I'm sorry, get the towel. Yeah, you go for it. Um, the depression part was like something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, I turned to doing meditation because whenever I was meditating, I didn't have these dark thoughts. Um, so that's why I ended up turning to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a Christian as well, so I, I totally get it. And I think um, I love how you were able to turn that confusion and and use your faith to pull you out and and find something productive. Because I think a lot of people can get lost for a longer period of time Mm -hmm. um, in that funk, right? In that anxiety, in that depression, because life is real. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of pressures, a lot of pain going on, but you were able to really use that time to reflect and in that pain. And as you got that clarity through your faith, through slowing down, through finding your purpose, you know, you were led back to something simple and fun like nails. Yeah. yeah seriously. Seriously. And, and yeah. um, yeah, just the, the, the nails have really been like a mental relief for me. And I think that's why I go so hard on my business because mm-hmm. it's a relief for me. I love it. 
Yeah. <laughs> also, you mentioned finding a group that discusses press on nails. I'm like, so Facebook group, Facebook, if you search, you can probably find like anything. Because yep. what made what do you made what made you even think to go say, let me type in press on nails on Facebook and see what I find? Because even <laughs> because that is like, okay, that's like a true reach in a way. Like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna find something. Well, because I mean, um, with having like doing design and things, because I was doing design on the side. I was doing design on the side as well as having a corporate job and having YouTube. Um, yeah. So with doing design, that's when I had first found about found out about Facebook groups. And so I was in groups on there that was just teaching us how, like how to charge clients and how to deal with difficult clients. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they have something for press on nails. And I just searched it and boom, there it was. And I was like, oh my gosh. So you have these women who are just amazing at doing custom designs. And I was like, okay, so at the time, that's right. At the time, the group was really around custom design. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. 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 But still, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, uh-huh. and they were charging, you know, like $85 for a set. And, mm-hmm. and so I was like, ah, $40 isn't so much. And I'm like, eh, but would I pay $40 consistently for press on nails? Probably not. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when I was like, okay, I need, I need to switch up my business model. <laughs> yeah. So talk to us about um, when you when you thought about nails, you wanted to go the custom route and you talked about going the manufactured nails route. That likely entails uh, international, maybe China partnership. What was your experience with that? So it really was a new entrepreneur. (laughs) So just honestly, a ton of research, like a lot of dead in Google searches, just kind of typing in like, how does such and such brand make their nails, you know, and then reading through their bios and just kind of trying to take little tidbits to understand how things are made and then putting it all into your own sentence and then searching that. It was a lot. When I say a lot, it literally took me four months to do this research and find out like, how do I get my business to a manufactured business and not have to depend on custom? Because it's more than just bring out my box. It's more than just the nails. nails. It's the packaging. It's Mm -hmm. The, the glue, it's the tabs, it's what do I want to provide for people that is not currently being offered? It's all of these things. And then you have to do this research to find the proper manufacturers. And then after you find them, you have to test their product, you know? So mm-hmm. it's a, it was a very lengthy process uh, to do that. Yeah. But you were very diligent. I always, I've told Brittany from when we first came on this call, she's one of the hardest working entrepreneurs I've ever seen. And <laughs> if you follow Brittany, you will see she actually shows you the journey of what she's doing and packing boxes. And you really get to be reminded how much work it takes to be an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. And that's the parts we see. So imagine the parts we don't see. You're (laughs) like the hardest working and I I love it. It, It's energizing. It's inspiring. Totally rooting for for your success. You've been able to do a lot in two years from going custom to pivoting and going manufactured, recognizing you can scale. Mm -hmm. Um, to really making sure you got that adoption. What do you think, what would you say has been a pivotal moment in the brand's awareness? Was there, did you experience part of kind of the the 2020, 2021 surgence of awareness for black brands? How did did you use some of the the tailwinds to push your brand forward Mm -hmm. during that time? Uh, Definitely um, used the, the awareness that black brands were getting. Like, thank God we should have been getting them, but thank God yeah. we did get it because that definitely helped. Using specific hashtags and finally being recognized by not just black people, but all people that we exist and we have amazing products. Um, and then also the surge of the pandemic. Like, yes, people were not going to the nail shop anymore. A lot, when I say a lot of people discovered press on nails and are still to this day, like, girl, I tried to set a press on nails and I ain't going back to the shop. Like, people are still having these experiences mm-hmm. today. Um, those two things really helped to propel my brand, even as far as this, this podcast is called Black on Shelf, even as far as booking these indie retail locations um, to carry my nails. They yes. saw what was going on in the world with people liking press-ons. And, and then here I was, a Black-owned brand that had press-on nails that they could offer to their customers because people were asking. 
and all they had was one brand to offer. Right. Um, that's not black owned. So and not as creative as yours. So you're hitting the demand checkbox. <laughs> it's a pandemic, you know, salons are closed, as you mentioned, black founded and black owned is becoming, you know, that we're raising awareness. And so stores want to do their part to carry yep. more brands. Yep. Then you have this creative component that's different than the traditional nails out there that are very conservative. So you are, mm-hmm. you're, you're reaching demand, you know, you're, you're checking the box on those demand spaces on multiple fronts. Right. Talk to me about the design process that you go through. You're a designer. That's, that's that was your background. That was the jobs that you took. So yeah. even you went when you were doing custom, what would be your design process? And tell me how that has shifted now that you're um, on the manufactured nails scalable front. So when I was doing customs, it was really kind of focused on what the customer wanted. Once I got to the, the space of like doing it for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so holidays, people would, you know, want a set of nails for Mother's Day because they would get together with their quarantine crew and <laughs> you know, everybody had a little quarantine crew. Right. Um, and so they wanted uh, holiday nails or um, just something fun that they couldn't find at the store. So I was adding in real flowers and mm-hmm. adding on rhinestones and things like that, that they could not get in store. So would um, they so give you a, that... a design? Would they give you a design or inspirational photo? Or would they say, Hey, do what you want. I just want something. And they tell you kind of like fill in the blanks, the spirit of whatever they're looking for. What would that usually look like? So they would actually let me make the design yeah. that I wanted. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in the beginning, that's, it was like, Oh, you know, like whatever you can come up with, like, yeah, do it. I've had, I had a few people like, Oh, can you do this picture? And I would do it. But for the most part, it started with just like, Oh, we like the design that you made for yourself. Can you make me something similar? Um, and then I turned it into like doing a collection. So I would make a collection of designs, maybe like five to 10 designs and say, these are the sets that I have for sale. Mm -hmm. Um, and so people would purchase based off of, you know, what was going on and then the set that I had to offer. So I've always had this like collection minded collection mind when it came to my nails Uh on the manufactured side, it's, it's really expensive to do custom design manufactured nails. Mm -hmm. When I say expensive, I mean, they want, you know, thousand MOQ and it, it costs X amount of money. And at that time I didn't, I, I didn't have that kind of money. So what I did was use my creative brain to say, okay, well, what's trendy right now? What mm-hmm. colors go well together? And then be able to source designs that were already pre-made and then bring those into my company. So that's what I do right now until I can get to a place where I'm funded enough to create my own designs. And I cannot wait to get to I that know. place. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get there, um, but I'm not there yet. I'm still a small company. Um, sometimes I'm month to month just being real. And so I'm not there yet, but once I get there, my nails are going to be next, even more next level, (laughs) even more. And you're doing such a great job choosing what is trending and hot. There's a lot of great options to choose from that are still way ahead of what's offered traditionally and the designs people love to get even at a nail salon. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of trends, talk to me about what you're seeing. Um, there's this shift towards design, right? No longer just getting a French. That is what some people are doing, but a lot of others are going for organic lines and shapes and forms. Talk about what you're seeing in the nail industry. So what I am seeing, I love it. Um, (laughs) So I'm definitely seeing abstract line work was here last year, and I don't think it's going anywhere. So for example, I have Bellatrix here, who's named after Bellatrix from Harry Potter. Uh Um, All of my nails are named after people or something that reminds me of a person. Uh, The abstract lines are still very, very popular. Mm. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, I also think that super bright colors, especially for spring and summer, like bright colors are very popular right now. So we have like this hot pink color. That is great because it pops from anywhere. Like if you're across the street, you can see this bright nail. And so I think this is trending. And then what I think is super, super trending right now are 3D nails. Mm -hmm. And so you'll probably see like Megan the Stallion and Lotto. They've got these extra long stiletto nails. And then they've got these like 3D charms on top. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I think is trending heavy right now. And then like even the... Not having your traditional like coffin, but having this like blade cut 
yes. nail this shape is also uh, coming into trend. Yeah, I think it's so interesting how nails really have become another accessory. So there's jewelry, there's your hairstyle or hair color, there's your outfit, there's a bag, then nails. Yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so I love how IGL is really helping you amplify that moment to really let your nails make the bold statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many of us are looking for that. You can wear a muted outfit or be monochromatic and then be dramatic for your nails. Yep. And it makes the statement. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we do offer more classic styles. We just maybe instead of it just being a, you know, a basic pink, maybe it's a chrome pink. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of it just being a short nail, it's a stiletto chrome pink. So there, there's a little bit of zhuzh on the yes. classic. Um, <laughs> Because I mean, classic is classic is out there. You can exactly. find classic anywhere, you know. But I feel like if you want something that's just maybe one step above, that's where IGO nails is perfect for you. And then even one thing that I offer that I did not see uh, a lot anywhere were short press on nails. I had no idea that people were interested in short press on nails because I'm like, well, why don't you just paint your nails? Like, right? It's easy. <laughs> um, but painting your nails, it's fun. But if you don't really know what you're doing, you can have messy lines. Sometimes you don't have the time for the dry, uh, you know, and you don't want to go to the jail because it can harm your, you know, your nail beds. And so people are like, we want short press on nails. And so I started offering that. And as soon as I did, my short press on nails started selling out. Like I can barely keep them um, in stock. Yeah. Uh, Actually, are there any health benefits to doing press on nails versus some of the lawn pro- salon processes like the acrylic and the gel nails? Well, press on nails don't use the same chemicals that are used for like the gel process, the dip process, or the acrylic process. It really is, uh, you have, with my boxes at least, you have two options. Mm-hmm. So you have this liquid glue that mm-hmm. degrades over time, or you can have it, you can soak it off in like a gel remover, something that doesn't harm your hands. Or if you want something really fast, you can do acetone. But when people do acetone, I always say, take a moment and soak your nails in vitamin E oil afterwards and use a nail hardener. So you have options as far as removing your press on nails Mm -hmm. and then even safer process with putting on your press on nails are using the adhesive tabs. And so I'm going to take a, I'm trying to actually have some here in my little, (laughs) my little nail box. Yeah. Yeah. So these are adhesive tabs. And these are really great because I like to use these even when I'm using glue, because to me, these create a barrier between your real nail bed and the glue. Mm -hmm. So you can use both at the same time, have just the longest hold as acrylic, but this is protecting your nail bed. Um, So to me, it's just a safer process um, because you don't have to worry about the chemicals that come along with, you know, acrylic dip and gel. And then sometimes those things last for so long. Like we all know when you get acrylic nails, you're not taking it off in two weeks, you're getting a fill, you know? And so you're just building this chemical on top of your nail and you don't have time for your nail to breathe in between sets. And so press on nails allow you that time to, okay, I'm going to give my nails two days to breathe and then I'm going to put on another set. And you know what? Ah, I like this set, but I'm ready to take it off because I got to do this, this and that tomorrow. You have the flexibility to do those things with press on nails. Yeah. Okay. Love that. So talk to us about some of the milestones you've already reached in your business. Okay. <laughs> that you are proud of. So I, and actually I'll expand it for you. Milestones you've reached as an entrepreneur that you're really proud of and milestones for your business. They might be one in the same, but leaving both there. So for flexibility on, on what might be, what might be things you are proud of. Okay. I always have a hard time answering this question. I'll just be very transparent with <laughs> you. And it's because in my mind, I'm not where I want to be yet, right? So it's hard for me to sit down and really be like, oh, let's celebrate. Because it's like, girl, why are you celebrating? Like, you're still, you still got work to do. So it's hard for me to sit and think about the milestones. There are a few things that stand out to me, but I'm pretty sure there are other things that have happened that I just am not thinking about. But yes. the major ones that stand out, for my business at least, is... um you can see all of my nails on the models for NYX Cosmetics global campaigns. Yes. I would have never huge. thought. And this was uh, this deal happened two months after rebranding. So I was like, 
oh my God, like that was just really kind of like the assurance that I needed that I was going the right path. Um, I was at a pop-up. I do markets pretty much every weekend. I still, to this day, it's a great way to get to know your customer and get immediate feedback. So I think I'll always do a market. And a woman was walking by and I'm like, okay, you know, you're at a pop-up, you smile, introduce yourself. Don't be one of those people that just sit there and expect people to come to your table because yeah. you that's just, that's not real. That's not realistic. So I was like, Hey, I'd love for you to come check out my nails. And she walked over and she was like, these are great. Like, I love these designs and this is, I love the lengths and I can see these in, you know, in print. And I was like, Oh, thank you. Like, all right, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. And what's funny is two weeks prior, my mom was like, Nene, that's what they call me. Nene, I can actually see your nails like on movie sets and video sets and stuff. You know, they change their nails all the time. I said, yeah, that's when in one ear and out the other because it just sounded so far-fetched. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to pop-ups on the weekend trying to push my nails. I don't, uh, movies, uh, movie sets and stuff. So one ear out the other. Then this woman walks to my table two weeks later and she's like, oh yeah, I want to buy 30 sets. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) For what? <laughs> you know, yes, like nails, <laughs> right? And so she gives me her email, and of course, I see the end of the email, and I'm like, "Nix Cosmetics, Nix Cosmetics." <laughs> I freaked out. I freaked. I probably dropped some tears in the car. Oh um, my gosh, it was nuts. So that was probably one of the biggest moments for me uh, when she validated that my nails were good enough for print, like my mom had already told me. So that Absolutely. was a big moment. And then her actually making the order. (laughs) Yeah, that story means so much to me. And I believe I had already seen you, but I really was like, oh my gosh, Brittany's doing it. And I work within the NYX Cosmetics ecosystem. L'Oreal, NYX is a part of Mm L'Oreal. So me being in director of marketing, I'm like, okay, we need to work with Brittany. (laughs) (laughs) You know, on the brands that I'm a part of, it's like, wait, hold up, how NYX beat us to it. But I, I love that. And you're in California, as are they. I thought that yep. was beautiful. Your nails showed up amazingly. So congratulate. That is a big one. That is. That was, that was big. And I mean, they kept ordering for me. And uh, the woman who uh, found me, she is the sweetest person I've ever met in my life. Like if, for example, if they need a style or a certain color and I don't have it, she's like, all right, show me what you do have. And we'll work with yeah. that. And I mean, you need people like this in your life to champion you Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, believe in you because it it really makes a difference. That moment made such a big difference for me. Just someone in this position validating my nails, you know, and I'm just like, I'm just this girl, you know, from from around the corner, from around the way who's trying to sell nails because she likes it, you know? So that was a big deal. And then... I have three. The second biggest deal was Mm -hmm. when I'm doing these pop-ups and I'm like, I wonder if I can get my nails like in indie retail locations, because thinking about being in a big retail store is like, again, super far-fetched in my mind. That's going to happen. One day. It's going to happen. One day it's going to happen. Sooner than later. I, I, you know, I pray for that moment. I'm excited. I hope that I'm prepared for that moment because from what I hear, it is definitely, <laughs> yes, is yeah. a lot financially, mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's why, I think that that's why it hasn't happened yet because I'm just, you know, I'm in the preparation You're preparing. Phase. Yes. Exactly. The baby steps. Yeah. Exactly. And independent stores are such a great next step because you will, you have that partnership now, you're learning what it looks like and yep. then you go scale up from there. Talk to me about yep. some of those early um, experiences with these independent stores. I, I've seen it on your Instagram. I love it. <laughs> I love seeing customers go in and say, I mm-hmm. found the nails. It's so special. <laughs> so special. It's the coolest thing. So I, um, I have my box of nails that I take to the pop-ups and I put it in my car and I said, just drive around, do a Google search on some uh, Black-owned beauty supplies. I really wanted to hit Black-owned yeah. beauty supplies. Mm-hmm. And so I did a Google search. I found some that were local. Mm-hmm. And I just went in there. I had I made sure that I was professional looking and that, you know, I had my nails in hand so that they could actually see the product, not just come with pictures. Mm-hmm. And I pitched. And I was like, hi, I'm Britt. I'm, uh, this is a new nail brand, but they're going to be in, uh, NYX Cosmetics global campaigns in a year, right? I had this to yes. use. Yes. And, um, and I said, you know, 
these are the type of sales that I see online and the type of sales that I see in a pop-up. Mind you, I've been doing this for two months. So <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And this is why I think you need my nails, right? Mm-hmm. And um, Texture Tech was the first beauty supply. They gave me my shot there in Carson, California, black owned. She's amazing. Um, she was like, yeah, let's give it a try. So we actually started on consignment. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know what consignment is, it's no risk for the person that's giving you the shot. She also gets to take a cut of the money. So mm-hmm. you have to really believe in your brand to be able to say, okay, let's do consignment because right. like my stuff's going to sell. So yes, let's do consignment. And that's how we started. At that time, I didn't even know what consignment was. I had to research it when she said that. I said yes immediately. But then <laughs> I like, went back home. I'm going to do it somehow, some way. And then you're like, okay, what is that? Yep, yep, <laughs> uh, yep. So then I started Google, best friend Google, figured out what that was, learned how to do percentages. In the beginning, I realized that the percentage that I had did was not a good one in my favor. Did you renegotiate? Um, I did renegotiate into not even having consignment anymore. Okay. Because my nails were selling that well there. Right. So you didn't need so, that model anymore. <clears throat> nope. So three months later, we switched and did wholesale. That was last February. And I'm still in there. Just did a restock for them two weeks ago. And people are still messaging me like, hey, are you near Long Beach? I'm not in Long Beach yet. So I'm like, go to Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just kept doing that, like taking my nails to these beauty supplies, pitching, and then getting nose. Mm-hmm. getting some no's, getting some people that are like, process. Yep. It absolutely, it's part of my story, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I got some no's, but I got some yeses. And mm-hmm. when I tell you that these owners, these black women of the owning these beauty supplies, the ones that I'm in, those are the ones that I'm supposed to be in because they were extremely supportive, not in just carrying my nails, but yeah. like, this is what you need to do to go to the next step. Like, mm-hmm. have you, is your company an LLC? Are you a corporation? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, how are you building on the business side for your business? And these women have been very pivotal pivotal in me growing in the retail side of things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how that started. And so then I went, I went to Atlanta to like visit my nephew, my, not my nephew, my godson, and took some nails with me and did the same thing. And I booked two beauty supplies. So I was like, I'll snap y'all like, we got two states now. So yes. That's, and honestly, that's, that's how it happens. Like, I think in another year or two, we're going to look and be like, Brittany, all over. And you're going to remember these days when you were getting started to get all yep. over. Yeah. Really start store by store, retailer by retailer. And, you know, some retailers have larger footprints. So when you have one conversation, the trickle effect is 300, yep. 400, 800 locations. But this is yeah. the practice you're getting right now to learn what it takes to service and pitch one store, two store, three store, mm-hmm. four. And then start pitching. Like I pitched Yandy from love and hip hop pitched her. Oh. And that was, that was, I was in Atlanta. One of the beauty supply owners who told me, no, mm-hmm. told me to go to this pop-up cause she was having one. I went, took my nails, basically searched her down and mm-hmm. was like, hi. And she was like doing um, Instagram for the people who had like paid for a spot. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I didn't pay for a spot, but I brought my nails. I brought two sets of nails with me. And I said, hi, (laughs) my name is Britt. I'm from LA. I flew out here. Um, I'd love to just gift you a set of my nails. She took out her phone, recorded my nails, and I had sales all day from that, from that. Um, And then found out a month later that she actually took the set that I gave her to her vow renewal in Dubai and wore them on the show. So, I mean... When I tell you, like, when things like this happen, I'm like, all right, God, I see you. Like, you're putting these opportunities in my face. I got a no from the beauty supply, but they told me to go here and that connected me to Yandy. So, yeah, (laughs) those are are some big ones. And then pitching to Macy's was another biggie. (laughs) How was that? That was nuts. (laughs) Did you have to prepare? Did you have to prepare differently? I didn't have time to prepare. <laughs> it was a time. surprise. It was a surprise meeting. This was a, I got accepted into this program called diversity and beauty, which is a really, oh, yes. uh, yeah. it's really cool. They give yeah. brands the opportunity to learn from, you know, major retail companies about how to get into retail. Love mm-hmm. that. Right. So 
I applied because I had a friend apply people of color. She sells amazing nail polish. She applied and got in and I was like, oh, okay, like, let me see. I'm going to apply and see if I can get it next year. Yeah. I got an acceptance that night. Like, oh, you've been accepted. Oh. You can um, come to how to get into retail and, it, and it's going to be Macy's is going to be there. Macy's buyers are going to be there. And so immediately again, I'm like, it's great, but don't know how I'm going to get there. Cause that date definitely says two days from now. And I'm like, I'm all the way in LA. How am I going to get to New York in two days? It's not going to work. But I'm like, just start taking little steps and see what happens. Right. Like God put the, he, he gave me, I keep seeing these things. Like just try. So I started researching flights. Flights were $700. Mm-hmm. Uh, hotels were like a thousand dollars. So I'm like, okay, use your network. So I reached out to my God sister. I'm like, Hey, you used to live in New York. Do you know anybody out there that would be willing to let me stay with them for a day or two? Um, and I told her why. And she was like, okay, let me get back to you. Right. So I, then I'm Googling, like, are there any payment plan websites for flights, you know? Right, and for then, the ticket. Yeah. So got some dead ends, but finally found one that said, okay, PayPal actually um, offers pay in four. So, and I didn't know that. So I was like, okay, so, you know, I could possibly do a pay and forward payments on the ticket. And then my gossip is going to see if I can stay with someone. Uh, but nothing had happened that night. And so I went to sleep. I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning. I looked at my phone because who doesn't look at their phone when they wake up? <laughs> and there was a text with a screenshot of a hotel reservation for my sister. She was like, don't worry about your hotel. You got to be here that on this date. Uh, good luck. Go get them. And I was like, <laughs> So I'm crying. I'm like, it's I'm work- going it's to New York. It's working out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to New York. And so I did the pay in four for my ticket um, and got to New York carrying around my huge three tier acrylic display. <laughs> with your nails. Yes. With my nails. And uh, that was awkward on the plane. But yeah. And, and so I just, I went and in my mind the whole time, I'm like, it's go time. It's go time. Like you didn't get here. You didn't get here for no reason. Like all of these steps are aligned. Like you're here for a purpose and got there, made myself stand out, made sure I asked questions. Um, these are things that I just learned over time. Like you want to stand out, you ask questions and you ask good questions. Right. And so would announce my name, who I am, where I'm from. And then the buyer, after she finished, she was walking around, but she wasn't coming to my table. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> So I hunted her down. I was like, hi, I would love to show you my nails. Please come look at them. So she came over and she was like, oh, these are amazing. And then she called her whole team over. And I was like, oh my God, I'm sweating. <laughs> like, what I have you a- asked for. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm sweating through my makeup right now. Um, but as soon as they walked over, my mind was like, go. And so I pitched the hell out of Macy's and then I went home and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm just waiting Wait around. Yeah. Waiting yeah. around. That's the and process. Yeah. And then two or three weeks later, um, I got an email of the, the woman who owns diversity and beauty has sent like a follow-up email, like, Hey, check mm-hmm. out these brands with my contact information. And then they said, Oh, we're going to send your information to the nail buyer. We love your nails. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I heard back from the nail buyer. She was like, we love your nails. We think they would be great. Um, so yeah, they like my nails. I'm still in a waiting process. I don't know how this is going to end, but I know that Macy said that they like my nails and that they want to carry my nails. Nothing has happened yet, but steps process it's, it's the right steps that's yeah. what we want to hear yeah exactly so the program so more, was diversity and beauty right yep diversity and beauty yeah. so great they're doing another one on april 9th i believe um with ulta and if i okay could go, i know you want to be there <laughs> i am not gonna be there Wait, what's happening <laughs> I'm speaking at a convention on the ninth. Oh man, yeah. I'm speaking at a convention on the ninth. Um, my first big convention. Because um, they they are honoring me as a small business on the rise, and so Amazing. I'm gonna go there. Yeah. But because I made a good connection with uh, the woman who owns Diversity and Beauty, she said she'll pass over my information. So beautiful. Fingers crossed. <laughs> what's for you is what's for you is for you. And- exactly. You know, this is one of the challenges of being a solopreneur, right? You can't be in a million places, but 
you know, the impact and of what you are doing is seen and felt. So um, Alta will recognize that as well. <laughs> yeah. They're literally yeah. my screensaver. <laughs> they are my screensaver. Because every time I go into Ulta, I look at their nails and I'm just like, oh, they could use me. Yeah. Like they totally could. I can see the end cap now just super like, you know, the gradient browns with the mm. nails and like. So you, the, this is so manifested at this point. You can, you can see, see it. it. Yeah. So do you sometimes just go in there to see it? Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to managers. I have put my nails in their little nail section and taken pictures. Like this is what it would look like. (laughs) Done all of these things. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's you already have it in your head how it's gonna Mm -hmm. how it's gonna look. I love that. So this is part of the next frontier is really to be in that neck, that retailer where your audience is already shopping, you're a customer base that loves creative expression and is looking for the convenience of nails. Um, what else can we expect? I, I think we're pretty clear that that's, that is the next frontier as you grow. Is there anything else um, we should know about? Is IGL going to be like nail everything in terms of the vision so for the brand growth? The, my, the vision for my, my brand growth is to have a brick and mortar. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, when you think of a nail shop, you think about acrylics, gel, dip, pedicure. I want to have similarly how NYX Cosmetics is in all of these retail stores, but they also have their standalone stores. Mm -hmm. I want to have an IGL nails like that. Um, I would love for it to be like, you come, you can shop the nails, buy a box and take it home, or you can have it applied in store Mm -hmm. um, and still have the same. Cause you know, one of the things we love about the nail shop is the, the girl time, the pampering. Um, So if you have time, cause a lot the, the convenience of press on nails is that I don't have time. I need something quick. But if you have time, if you want that experience, um, because an experience is everything, you can get your nails applied in store mm-hmm. and then be able to get like nail charms and rhinestones yeah. done. Love that. um, that's the goal. That's my five-year goal. Um, I'm in the process of just like asking some of my business buddies that I've met through pop-ups that have brick and mortars, like, hey, can I talk to you just about what does that look like? Because I don't, I have no, when I, no idea, zero <laughs> zilch idea on what that looks like. How do you even start? Do I have to get a loan? Because I'm, I'm not rich. You know, my business funds itself. I'm not even in a place to think about paying rent somewhere else. So how does that look? Um, so that's my goal that I'm working towards. And then, of course, getting into big retail. I keep applying for accelerator programs and cohorts and all kinds of things. I haven't got a yes yet, but I'm going to keep applying until I get one. You will. And I think I I love this part of your story, which shows how much of a fighter you are. Like you are, you have the vision in sight and you're knocking every door and you're like, I'm going to keep showing up. You're also not afraid to ask questions. What led you here is that that four months of research. You're not afraid Mm -hmm. to, to do the work you can Google almost everything. You can ask a number of people and, and you're, you know, you're so quick to take that initiative to ask the questions, go to the place, Google the thing, and you, you find the answers you need that mm-hmm. you don't let information be a barrier to you moving forward. That's, that's so important. Would you say that's always been a part of like how you move and operate? Just being so oh, for sure. curious and inquisitive? Very, very, very curious and inquisitive. I've always been the one asking too many questions. <laughs> I will not I have been the person keeping the class behind just a little bit because I had a question uh, I stopped doing that but I have done that before I just feel like the information is out there you just have to find it like yeah. we're not recreating the wheel we're not we're we're making a better wheel but we're not we're not recreating it the foundation of things is already there so it's really just finding this information mm-hmm. and applying it to what you want to do so yeah google is my best friend yeah <laughs> and sometimes you will have debt i have google search something like i said earlier and it comes to dead ends sometimes you will search something and you won't find an answer you just got to find the pieces and then search that like yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. get a little bit closer than you were before Exactly. Exactly. Love that. Well, one question I have to ask as we wrap up is, so IGL, what does it actually mean? (laughs) It means it's a golden lifestyle. (laughs) For your last name, Golden. Yes. (laughs) It's a golden lifestyle. Yeah. I have to ask Brittany, what does IGL mean? I don't think we ever talk about it. I don't know. It's not 
Okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. So you're it's on my boxes. It's at also, the bottom of every on box. The very bottom. Okay. It was my YouTube channel name. So it's how I connected oh. everything. Wow. And my YouTube channel was also about convenience and teaching and you know what I mean? So I just brought it over to the nail world. <laughs> so your last name is actually golden. Yeah. My married last name. Thanks to my husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, got her. Yep. And I trade <laughs> the brand it, so. is named after him. <laughs> okay. And the fugly nails trademark. Yes. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Where did you, so we know the word fugly, but like what made you feel like this is how I encapsulate this. Did you, did you have an experience with really ugly nails or was that something you and someone used to say on a regular basis? Talk to us about that. I, I honestly, it came out of thin air. It wasn't (laughs) something that I brainstormed. I believe I was at a pop-up one time and I was like, oh my gosh, like never have ugly nails. And then it was just like, ugly, (laughs) (laughs) ugly, never have fugly nails. Right. So I just started saying that. And then I put it on a, um, like the little mini kiosk that you can buy. And whenever I had it out at my pop-ups, people would walk by and they would go, never have fugly nails. <laughs> right. Start cracking up. Or they would look at their nails and like hide their nails and try and walk by. And I'm like, are your nails fugly? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so after I saw like the reaction to people and this, and this slogan, I trademarked it. I was like, you have to trademark this. My husband was like, you need to trademark it because somebody who doesn't it's want fire. you to will trademark it before you. So go yeah. do it. Yeah. So I did some pop-ups, saved the money, yeah. and then finally trademarked it. Awesome. And it definitely <laughs> catches your eye. You know, it, it starts a conversation. So yeah. it's a perfect thing to trademark here. <laughs> what does it mean for you? You've, you've just been on this trail. It feels like you've been here longer than two years, mm-hmm. but it only has only been about two years of mm-hmm. you pounding the pavement, but you have made a lot of progress. Talk to us about what it means to be Black on shelf. How important is that to you? I think it's extremely important. I always say that we want to see ourselves in everything. I want to see myself in a nail brand. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to represent who I am more than people who have been through my experience, deal with the things that I deal with on a daily basis, as far as being a black woman. Um, So to me in any product, it means a lot to see ourselves on the shelf. Um, That's what it means to me. Yeah. So we are totally here for your success. It really is a golden life that we get that we get to watch close up. Thank you for joining us on the Black on Shelf podcast. Visit our website, blackonshelf.com and subscribe to the show on platforms including Apple Podcast, Spotify and YouTube so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media at Black on Shelf. If you are a founder or expert or want to recommend someone interested in being on the show, complete the Boss Podcast request form using the link in the show notes or on our website. If you love the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes. Finally, if you want more of all things Black on Shelf, join our Boss LinkedIn community to stay connected with other listeners, entrepreneurs, and experts. I want to grow the Boss fam, and I'd love to stay connected with you. Thanks again for listening. All right, catch you next time.